Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. Whenever we lay out a vision like this, um, I, I'm, I'm really aware that there's kind of two responses that we can have to a vision like that. Some of us might be like, yeah, let's do it, right? Full of energy, full of motivation, full of excitement, like, yeah, make it happen, ready to jump out of your seat and take place. But I also know there are people that are like, really? That, that's a lot. That, that, that's, that's a lot. How, how is that all going to happen? How, how is that really going to take place? Are we really going to see all these t- things take place? Now, both of those things I just said are extremes. I don't think any of us would actually sit here and say, yeah, that's me, right? But in different levels, that's where we can sometimes sit. The issue that we have is that with both extremes, either the, yeah, let's go, rock on, yeah, or I don't know how that's going to happen, both extremes are rooted in us. And this is the issue. Because both the declaration that I'm just going to go out and do it and accomplish vision or the one that says I'm not enough, I don't know if I can do this, I, whew, that's a lot, that's a lot. Both extremes will lead to us looking inside and being the source to accomplish the vision. Does, does that make sense what I'm saying, right? As we step into these next few weeks, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, we need, to, we need to pause here for a second and understand what it means to respond to the vision. What does it look like? Because the tendency can be for us to just jump in and start making it happen, right? And, and, and out of good intention. We have a lot of excitement around what God wants to do and want to see God do some amazing things. But we can naturally slide into This, today what I want to talk about is the foundation that we absolutely have to have in order to see any vision accomplished in our life. And the foundation is this, before God calls us to do anything, he first calls us to be with him. God is not just interested in all that you can accomplish for the kingdom. He's interested in you as his kid. And he cares about you. Now, this this sounds easy, right? Oh, I'm just going to be with Jesus. Just going to be with him. Yeah. The problem is we have this little thing inside of us called flesh. It's the other ugly F word. And we all have it. Ah, oh, flesh. <laughs> and because of this flesh, we all, and I mean all, have a tendency to perform, to achieve, to power through, and make things happen. We all have that tendency because that's what our flesh wants us to do. You, you, need, to, you need to earn God's love 
So the way that you do that is by doing all the right things, joining all the teams, being at all the things, serving until you're blue in the face, and then maybe if you do all that, you'll earn God's approval. The issue I see with that is Jesus exemplified in scripture. He had the approval of the father before he did one thing. When he came out of the waters of baptism, he hadn't done anything yet. He simply was baptized, came out of the waters, and the, and the, the voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. That, that's how God thinks about you. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to perform. You don't need to come up with anything, manufacture anything, muster up anything. Because you are you, God loves you. And his invitation is to just come with him. In Mark 6, we see this really interesting passage where Jesus was sending out the 12 to perform miracles. And, uh, and so in Matthew 6 and starting in, the, in verse 7, it says that he summoned, and that'll, it'll be up later, um, he summoned the 12 and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the road except for the staff, no bread, no traveling bag, no money, no belt. I don't know what he was thinking about that. You do need your belt. <laughs> but wear sandals and not put on an extra shirt. And then it says that they went out in verse 12. So they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons, anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Sounds like a really good day if you're a disciple. They were extending the kingdom of heaven. They were fulfilling mission. They were doing what they were called to do. Casting out demons, healing the sick, preaching and seeing hearts repent. It's this amazing thing. And then in verse 30, we see this, that the disciples came back from their wonderful trip and they came back and it says that they gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. All that they had done and taught. Jesus, did you hear what we did? Did you hear about the miracles that we performed? We would go out and we would speak your name and the devils ran. We went out and we, we prayed for the sick and they were healed. We even caught, prayed for some people and maybe some people were raised from the dead. Jesus, did you see all this? This was so cool. We were extending the kingdom. And how does Jesus respond? Not, wow. Not, you guys, oh my word. That's incredible. Look at all you did. Wow. No, he says this. Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. But, but, but Jesus, we, look at all the stuff we were doing. Come, come away with me. Why? Because Jesus wanted to teach them that more importantly than all the things that they could do was the fact that they knew how to get away, push everything else out of the way, and rest with Jesus. In order for us to accomplish one word of vision, we need to respond to the call of our shepherd to come away and rest. And here's why. 
Got news for you. You're not enough. You can't do enough. (laughs) You never will. And that is the point. We need to understand what it means to have the order of things right. Does it mean that doing things for Christ is wrong? No, by no means. We are called, the Great Commission, to extend the kingdom. We're called to preach the gospel. We're called to make disciples. We're called to baptize. These are the things that Jesus says that we are called to do. But the order of things is so important because we have to understand that before anything, before we do anything, before any of the disciples did anything, Jesus called them. Come, come follow me. Be with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what are we going to do? We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. My, my middle daughter, Simone, her favorite thing to ask every morning when she wakes up, what are we going to do today? <laughs> Figure it out. We gave you all the toys in the world, you know? I'm sure you can come up with something. <laughs> Jesus, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? No, no, no. I want you to be. But, but didn't you say, yeah, 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 yeah. Be, be. And this is the concern, or this is the challenge. When we do... Without first being, we function from a place of performance. And we end up with like, and I'm not saying, I'm not calling anybody in here this at all. But we end up like the religious leaders that Jesus talked to because they were into performing their religiosity rather than being with Christ and allowing that to transform them. Okay, Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6. He says this, be careful not to practice. Okay, this is a very interesting word, poieo. We're going to come back to this in a second. Be careful not to practice, poieo, your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with the Father in heaven. This little word practice, poieo, means this. It literally means performance behavior, making oneself out to be or to manufacture something. Jesus says, listen, listen, be challenged. Don't perform. Don't just work on your behavior, your external behavior. Don't make yourself out to be something that you're not. And don't try to manufacture something. It's like, that's not what I've called you to do. I haven't called you to just perform, behave, make yourself out to be or manufacture something. For crying out loud, I haven't even, Jesus saying this, I haven't even created you for that. I've created you for relationship with me. So here's the point. We could do all the right things, but still have it all wrong. There is a time for doing, and there is a time for being. And this is what's really important for us. 
if we live out of this performance mentality, this behavior, it's always empty because it always relies on us. My performance is dictated by whatever I have. My behavior, the things that I make myself out to be, it's all dependent on what little is in here that I can draw on just enough until it just happens to run out. It's dependent on me. (laughs) Can I tell you something? That if we live from a performance behavior mindset, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to continually try to perform, to add up, to be good enough, to do all of the things, to keep all the plates spinning in the air, all of these things that Jesus is saying, watch out for. It's exhausting. Has anybody ever been in that place before? Or maybe you've been a little bit exhausted by all of the things that we have to do, right? This is something that we all live in. Here's the truth. We, each of us, will always come to the end of ourselves. We will always come to the end of ourselves, without exception. (laughs) You, You know these days. I know these days too. I know the days that I'm running on empty. My family knows the days I'm running on empty. Right? It's really easy to see when we've based that off of ourselves. And and I would say this too, that I'm going to say that. I'm going to go there later. Here's why this is so exhausting, is that our flesh, that little F word, is always there. Your flesh will never go away. The, The tendency to perform to produce, to achieve, to be strong enough, all of it will always be there. Life with Christ was never a promise of the flesh going away. It was walking in the spirit that defeats the flesh. So for us to learn, before we do anything, we have to learn what it is to rest in the presence of God and allow him to wash over our lives so that then we can function out of a place of that to accomplish the vision that he's put in front of us. It's so important that we get this order right. Um, Here's the thing, and this is maybe something that you would never articulate, and I'm going deep here for a purpose because I'm trying to to, to take us to a a place today here. But I would say in, in Christianity, probably Western Christianity as a whole, Too often, we can equate spiritual maturity to not needing help from anybody anymore, including the Holy Spirit. That was a good point. That was was really good. And we would never say that we would do this. But if we look at our lives... We realize, you know what, one of these days, I'm doggone it, I'm just going to be strong enough because the Holy Spirit's done enough on me that I'm not going to rely on anything. No, 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 no. Because that feeds into the lie that at some point you will be enough. And you won't be. My hope and encouragement for you today is this. Don't try to be. If we recognize that the way God designed us, we are not ever going to be enough, 
why, why do we still try to add up? Why do we still try to perform? Why do we still try to just do all the things? Well, it's because that little nasty F word just draws us away. Are you okay? Now, here's where it gets good. It's in the middle of all of this, of this realization that we do not have what it takes and that the lie is that we are someday strong enough to not need help, including the Holy Spirit. It's in all of this turmoil, all of these things going around. And I would say even the exhaustion that comes with it of trying to just perform and be and do, it's in all of this that Jesus breaks through all of this to give us an invitation. Here's his invitation. He invites us to come away with him, rest, and find our strength in him. Um, Eugene Peter, I know you guys are taking notes, so I'll stall for a second because I put several words to fill in there. (laughs) Eugene Peterson, in the message paraphrase, says this portion in Matthew 11 really cool. And, uh, and, and I, wanna, I wanna just have you do this for a second. I want you just to close your eyes, okay? Close your eyes. I'm gonna read this over you and I just want you to let these words sink into your spirit this morning. Wherever you come from this morning, whatever you're walking with, whatever this week has looked like and trying to keep all the balls juggling and all the plates in the air and everything that you're in the middle of, And even out of good intentions and trying to do all the right things, Jesus comes to you today and says this, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That is the invitation for you today. Now, you can open your eyes. There's the invitation. Will we, will we respond? Will we respond? Jesus is never going to force you into doing something, but he is going to give you option always give you option to be able to step into something. In our lives, we can continue to run at breakneck speed. We can continue to try to keep everything going. We can try to be enough on a regular basis. Or, or, we could come to him. And this word that's used here, that's just this powerful word here, is the word, Surrender. Saying, God, I'm not enough. 
and I'm holding a lot of stuff right now. And this is a lot of work. And I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I'm worn out and I'm, and I'm, I'm burnt out on religion and, and, and I'm just exhausted. And God, here I am with everything that I have and I need you. It's in that exchange that the power of the Holy Spirit begins to lift your spirit up to enable you to be able to be his hands and his feet in the world. It's in that moment of surrender that strength comes. This is the key for us to live in here. Surrender is the key to finding strength. I know it's quiet and I know that we're thinking and processing. But I really think that this is, today as I was praying about this, this is a pivotal moment for us as one life. Because I think that God wants to do something new in and through us. It doesn't discount anything that has been, but it is a refinement of what has been. See, see the, the disciples win and they, they preach the gospel. They, they cast out demons. They, they healed the sick. They, they extended the kingdom of heaven, advanced the mission of the kingdom of heaven. But then there's an invitation to say, yeah, don't let that to continue to be in your strength. Come away with me. Paul realized this, and I love this passage of scripture. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, if I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. He's so humble. <laughs> but I wouldn't do it. Because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. We don't know what that is, and I think that there's a point and a reason that we don't know what that is. Because I think that the enemy tries to use different things in our life to be that thorn in the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, to get us, can, can you see, see where my thought process is here? To get us to continue to lean into the flesh, to perform out of the flesh, to exist out of the flesh, to try to do all this kind of stuff, right? Side, side note here, real quick, real quick. Um, I'm, I'm going through counseling right now. I think everybody at some point in your life should do it. It's phenomenal. I think about it not as like I need to go to the body shop to get the dent out of my bumper. I think about it more like I'm getting a transmission flush and an oil change and all of those things. I think it's just really healthy. Anyway, there's my plug. Done. But in there, one of the things that I have been learning is that there is evil flesh and there is good flesh. The problem is they're both flesh. The evil flesh is the stuff that we just don't talk about and we would never do. Like, that's just sinful. But good flesh is equally as flesh. Doing the things, performing, everything I've been talking about, right? It's still flesh, right? So Paul says this, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. And I love this in the New Living. It says it this way, my power, get this, get this. Christ's power works best in weakness. That means when you are weak, 
That's the best place that you can be because that is when the power of God can work into your life. He says this, so now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecution and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Spiritual, true spiritual maturity is understanding I'm weak and in him I'm strong. Not I just need to work a little bit harder. No, I need to recognize who I am not and who he is. This is the shift in the transformation. And guys, this looks different in different people's life and it comes in ebbs and flows, right? Sometimes we, we walk through our spiritual, our spiritual lives and, and, and we've kind of got this dialed in, right? And we, we find ourselves really functioning out of that grace place and, and without functioning in the flesh and, and man, it's just great. And then inevitably, because it'll happen, you start drifting back to the flesh, right? And then suddenly God has to come and, and speak to you and say, hey, come away with me again. Come away with me again, right? All this kind of stuff. And then, okay, all right. Empowered by the spirit, living for the spirit, being filled with the spirit. And then you start to pick up some of the flesh things again and, and get back over. This is a cycle in our lives. Why? Because the flesh will always be there. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The power of God that works inside of us to strengthen us for all godliness and life in him. So I'm gonna end here with this statement and then we're gonna do something a little bit different as we close today. True life is found in being with Jesus, surrendering my strength, acknowledging my weakness, and receiving his power. I'm gonna read that again. True life is found in being with Jesus, surrendering my strength, acknowledging my weakness, and receiving his power. The goal of, of today is for us to come back to a place that says, God, this is your vision. Everything you want to accomplish is you anyway. Here I am, flaws and all. Weakness, imperfection, here I am. Would you come and fill me once again with your power? That will position us in our lives personally as a church, in your marriage as a parent, if you can live this and say, you know what, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just yield all of this. I'm gonna surrender all of this to you. The Holy Spirit will fill you.